This is Amplify You, the podcast about you discovering your message and broadcasting it to the world. If you're a coach, author, or speaker, you'll want to tune in. If you're looking for the best return on your time investment to get your message out to the world in a bigger way, we're giving you full access and behind the scenes look of how we're running our podcast, how our clients have found success, and what you can do to launch your podcast today. The world needs your message. I'm Michelle Abraham, the host. Join my family as we unleash your unique genius and find the connections you need to launch your adventure today. Join us and let's get Amplified. Hello, welcome Amplify You. I'm Michelle Abraham here, your host. Today I'm bringing you a really cool interview. We have an Ask the Expert interview, but she's also a behind the mic interview at the same time, combination of the two. Uh, we have Debbie Archangelis with us and she is the Offbeat Life a host and she is someone who I met a few months ago and I really admire that she is doing something that I have wanted to do for a long time and did a little bit in my 20s but not to the extent that she's doing it she's a full-time travel blogger uh, podcaster she's able to travel all over the world originally she's from the Philippines grew up from early childhood in in New York and now goes all over and has this amazing podcast where she's gotten lots of media attention and lots of things. She's been able to monetize our podcast. And so I wanted to bring her on today to really share with you guys all the ways that we can do uh, the things that you love <laughs> while getting income from it. So uh, Debbie, welcome to the show today. I'm so excited to have you. Hey, Michelle, thank you so much for having me here. I'm so excited to speak with you. Oh, yes. I'm excited to dive into this because travel is a big part of my life. And uh, well, maybe a little bit less now that I have kids, but <laughs> different, well, maybe a different kind of travel now that I have kids. But I've uh, been 50 countries myself and I just admire all the places that you've been and seen your, you started in kind of more like the photo journalism kind of area coming from the creative side of it. Take us back to how you got started um, becoming a blogger and then a podcaster. I'd love to hear your journey. Yeah, absolutely. So my journey is kind of like, you know, up and down, swervy <laughs> in a lot of ways. So I never thought I would be in this lifestyle and this type of business because back then I actually started out as a teacher. I taught um, art and then after that I was a photojournalist. So it was a lot of creative things um, that I was doing throughout my whole 20s. I was a gallery manager. I worked with a lot of really well-known photojournalists and I was just trying to figure myself out and really trying to find what my purpose was and I started three businesses, failed it, and traveled a lot, um, and talked to a lot of digital nomads and remote entrepreneurs, and that's really what got me excited about this lifestyle, because they were able to do it sustainably, and I was at a point in my life where a lot of people thought that what I was doing was the American dream. I had a great day job, I was a therapist, I was making great money, little hours, but I was having panic attacks every four months, and I knew that I needed to do something about it. So I started the podcast, and lo and behold, a a year later, it became my full-time gig and I was able to create income from it. So yeah, you just never know what's going to happen, but you just have to take that leap. 
Absolutely. That's amazing. I love it. So going from living in New York, art therapy, photojournalism to then, what did you do? Did you just leave, leave New York and start traveling um, and started interviewing people along the way? Or did you kind of like set up some interviews first and then, and then take off? Yeah, so I didn't leave my day job at all. So I was doing my day job full time and then I was doing this full time. It was a mess for about a year, a year and a half. I was still doing the same uh, thing and it was taking a lot of toll on my body, on my relationships. So if you are listening to this and saying, oh my gosh, it's going to be really hard. It is. It will be, especially if you still have a day job. Um, and it's not an easy road, but it's a really fulfilling one. So yeah, so I just started doing interviews. I know people in New York who are digital nomads, who are remote entrepreneurs. So I just started doing that. The people I met on the road, I just did remote recordings like this. And that's just really how it all started. Awesome. Did you find while you were traveling that the Wi-Fi was a big issue when you were about to record something with people? Because like I saw some, a lot of your interviews were in person, right, with someone else, but in countries where maybe the Wi-Fi was a challenge to find. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of Wi-Fi issues and then you find different ways to do it. So I found different recording methods so that to make sure that it's still going to be good quality. I definitely made a lot of mistakes in the beginning and I've learned as I want. So it gets better as time goes for sure. <laughs> I bet for sure. You know, it's really amazing. I was looking at your website. You've won all sorts of awards and you've been in a lot of press recently. And I think that's something as people are starting their podcast, they want to get some momentum going. This is something people are striving for. What do you think are some tips maybe for people looking to get some more press or getting their podcast featured and things like that? Yeah, so it was pretty interesting because when I started my podcast about three months later, I was featured in Refinery29, and one of the the writers that actually did that knew me and knew my podcast, and she really enjoyed it, so that's how I got in there. Um, I think it's just really networking and not asking for things and just really getting to know that person, so maybe reach out to a writer that you know um, and you read about like her work or his work on publications that you want to be in and just reach out to them um, maybe follow them on social media and create a relationship first I never do an ask most or all actually all of the uh, features that I've had was either a surprise to me or just people who really enjoyed the work that I did and they were the ones asking me if they could feature me so it's really all about connecting and making that relationship happen I love that. Yeah. I think that's so valuable as well. And I think, you know, I think you really focus on giving your audience a lot of value and making a really good quality show. And I think, do you find that once you got like featured in one um, outlet, then you were more on the radio radar for other, other outlets as well? Yeah, absolutely. So once I got featured in one, a lot of these writers do their research and then they see you in these other uh, platforms and other um, media. So they're like, okay, well, I'm going to check them out. And then you start uh, getting momentum and then you start getting featured over and over again. Um, and you'll see it's going to be a lot of similar uh, podcasts that are getting featured because they have been featured in other uh, publications as well. Some journalists has already done the work, so already vetted that this is a great podcast. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's exactly. Amazing. I mean, you were also, I just saw on the bottom of your email um, name as well, that you're a Travel Leisure Magazine recently too. 
That's really cool. What's been your best or your most favorite like exposure you've had in the media? Yeah, so travel and leisure that just happened, I think about a week or two ago, as um, we were featured as one of the best travel podcasts to listen to. Um, I was also featured in Forbes, uh, Refinery29, Medium, like a whole bunch, NBC, um, Yahoo. Um, oh my goodness, I can't remember the rest. Uh, <laughs> there's a whole bunch of them, and it's on our press page. So we're I'm always really honored every time somebody takes a notice of what we do and really that's what I've wanted to do is make an impact and really help people create a transition that they really want to do with their life. So I'm just glad that it's being noticed. I think especially right now, <laughs> people are reevaluating everything in their lives. And I think this, the digital nomad, um, you know, becoming a digital nomad is so appealing to a lot of people more and more. And now that we can all work remotely, now that a lot of people have had a taste of what it's like to work remotely, it's, it's a lot more doable, I think, than people uh, think. Uh, so what's been your experience with interviewing people and, you know, hearing all the stories of the digital nomads, what's been the most common kind of way to monetize their, their, their travels? Yeah, absolutely. So for a lot of people, it's different, right? So if you're a remote worker, or if you have a business, it depends really on your expertise and the type of business that you have. So a lot of people are virtual assistants, or they're doing social media management, they can have their own business with coaching. So it really depends on each person and what they're doing. And others are bloggers. So yeah, it's, it's all different for everyone. Yeah, I bet there's lots of different ways of doing it. When I was traveling, I was working on cruise ships or I was working in ski resorts or I was working in like physical locations of the places that I was traveling to. And this was like before I was saying like, this didn't even have an email address at the time when I was living in Switzerland as a nanny and like, it didn't have an email address. People would like physically mail me letters to say hi and keep in touch. That is dating myself a little bit. So that was like at the end, of the, that was at the end of the nineties, but I did get an email address just as I was leaving Europe. So I think nowadays, like it's so much easier to work virtually um, remotely and like you said, doing so many different, there's so many options out there from different things that you could do um, virtually. What are some of the things that you, what are some of the things that you do to monetize your travels? Yeah, absolutely. So I have a business um, and it's the offbeat life. So I monetize my podcast, my website, social media. I also do consultations with people to help them start their own podcast. And I recently just started how to create a podcast.com and we have digital products that we sell there. So it's all about different revenue streams because people know, especially during these times that anything can just leave right and you don't have anything after if you just have one thing coming in so it's all about multiple streams of revenue I know you probably have heard this before but it's true that's why people keep saying it <laughs> yeah exactly diversify I mean at least in the seven different multiple streams of income it should be exactly like what you're bringing in at one any given time that's pretty amazing it could be on the same topic but I've heard about seven is like typically like you're solid. Then you've got seven yeah. different kinds of income coming in. That's kind of cool. Um, I think that's great because if one thing goes out of business or one 
trend stops, you know, uh, you know, as uh, like you, I focus all my energy and attention in the podcasting vehicle, but I've always tried to really make sure that it's about <clears throat> amplifying your voice in the world. Cause I know one day the vehicle is not going to be podcasting anymore. It'll be on to something else. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> getting your voice out there in the world is like, you know, the biggest message for, for my business. So I always do that intentionally knowing that things change over time. And, you know, that's really, that's really awesome. Uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you is about social media. What have you found to be like for podcast um, promotion and uh, using your podcast and things? What is the most valuable social media um, platform for you? Yeah, so there are three that we definitely use. So one is Instagram. So I have a following on Instagram that we just blast out whenever we have a new episode coming in. So we have two episodes that come in every single week. Um, so we put it out on there. And then there's also Facebook. So we also make sure that we're on there as well. And we go on Facebook groups and share our content there as well. And then the next thing, it's not really social media, but it's kind of like Google, it's Pinterest. So we also love using Pinterest for marketing. Nice. And so what is Pinterest? I would like to dive into Pinterest just a little bit because I'm not really sure how to use Pinterest for podcast promotion the best way. Can you give us some tips? Yeah, absolutely. So if you're using Pinterest to do it for your regular website, it's pretty much the same thing. So what we do is we actually create our own uh, post for each of the episode where we do a transcription, which means that we can do SEO on it. And we have headlines that are eye catching and we have our audio there. So when we do the Pinterest um, pins, it takes it to our website. So not only are we getting listens, but we also are getting traffic. So it's a bonus of two in one. This is why I think it's really important to do that, to create your own website. Mm -hmm. And I tell every podcaster to do this all the time. Don't just rely on your hosting platform to share your content for your podcast. Make sure that you really create that website because it's so important to not only gain your audience in one platform and you can do this all in one. Um, and that's really what Pinterest is for us is just getting listens and also views on your site. Mm, that's great. Especially if you can capture like some eye-catching content and eye-catching graphics, right? I think Pinterest is really all about the graphics, right? And do you have them like on your website below your posts, I think, of your uh, each episode, right? It's like yeah. A little pin, like says pin this. Yeah, absolutely. So we create about three to six pins for each of our posts so that we can share it several times. Um, and then we just do it and we schedule that. Mm, cool. And, and is there a particular uh, Pinterest scheduling uh, tool that you use or is it just you would use, use any social media scheduler? So we use Tailwind uh, for our scheduling. So we do that and um, I have an assistant that does that for me. And otherwise we just do manual pinning uh, for it as well. And that's not really scheduling. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I have heard Pinterest is, could be like, it's such a powerful, powerful, like not even like really social media platform, but 
like it's not super social, but it's so good for the SEO and so good for the optimizing of um, anything that you're doing on the web. So I think that's awesome. I wanted to, I wanted to um, learn more about Pinterest for podcasting because I think that's yeah. something that's really valuable. And like I was looking at some of your stats and you went like you have eight hundred thousand is it pins on on Pinterest or how what is that what is that? <laughs> it's like a letter when it comes to Pinterest. What does that mean? <laughs> So it's pretty much people who are viewing your pins on your profile. So it's either the pins that we've created or pins that we have repinned. Um, and it just accumulates over time. And then the great thing is, if you're consistent, it just translates to also views on your website in the long run. So it's a really great tool to, again, it's another great marketing tool that you can use. For sure. Yeah. I hundred percent agree. Um, not sending your traffic to iTunes. They have enough traffic all there. They don't need exactly. your help. <laughs> Send them to your own website. I love it. Um, awesome. So what's in the travel? I know travel is kind of on a halt at the moment worldwide as we're recording <laughs> this, but what is your next travel plans? Where are you going next? Yeah, so we haven't, I mean, I haven't really made any plans. I've had a company or two reach out to me to talk about, you know, the plans for the near future, but I haven't really um, said anything, but that's, that's work. That's not personal. Um, but personally, we're hoping to do like a road trip. My fiance and I have been wanting to do a cross country road trip. So maybe we'll do that um, next year or yeah. sooner if, things starts opening up way more. So that's really what we want to do. <laughs> that's awesome. Our first, um, my first podcast was called RV there yet. And it was like, oh. uh, into the RVing space when I didn't know anything about it, I did a summit. And then my family and I <laughs> did five months around the Southern U S in an RV because we wanted to see that part of the U S it was so cool. I highly recommend across country road trips. They're so much fun. <laughs> I know and that's going to be so much fun. I, um, I'm like, I've been wanting to do it and the gas prices are cheaper now. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've done an across Canada road trip too. I've done the across New Zealand road trip. Super fun. Like I think road tripping is great because you see a lot of things that like you would miss if you're flying from like place to place. So um, yeah, I just, I love that. So when you are looking for people to interview on your podcast, you're looking for people who are digital nomads. So by definition of digital nomad, what does that mean? Yeah. So we usually look for people who are digital nomads and remote entrepreneurs. So we just want people who are able to live and work from anywhere, um, have, are either freelancers who can work online or entrepreneurs who are also able to work online. So anything that you can do online and you're doing it sustainably, we pretty much uh, welcome on our show. <laughs> nice. And are all of your interviews in person or now they're more uh, remotely as well? Yeah, so I used to do a lot more in-person interviews, but because my schedule has become way busier, it just didn't work out because if I had gone to meet someone in person, it would take out hours of my day. Yeah. Um, and since the business has been growing, I, I'm not able to do that anymore. So what I do is I set up like a day every single week to just do interviews oh. for my podcast. And then I just get it out of yeah. um, for that week. And then that's how we are doing our interviews. Unless of course I'm traveling for work and then I'm flown there to do the interviews for a specific person or company. 
Nice. And so let's dive into that a little bit. So now that you've got lots of traction on your show, it's popular, it's being shown in media and press. Now you have companies that are reaching out to you. And what are the companies wanting from you as a podcaster? Yeah. So it depends. Most of the time it's us uh, or me going there, interviewing like the CEO of the company, someone who works with the company, it pretty much just, you know, interviewing that person it pertains to, to, um, to them, how we can feature their brands. And then I always try to make sure that I'm adding it to my package where we also do a post on our blog with them, um, add them on our social media. So I never usually do anything. It's very rare for me to really work with a company and it's just one platform that they're going to be in because we want to make sure that we're marketing them all across our platform so we can reach as many um, people as we possibly can to showcase them. Right. And so that's usually like on social media, as well as your blog, as well as the podcast is more of like a multimedia kind of package that you're offering them. And in exchange, they're getting more exposure for their brand. They're getting more views. And what is that what they're after when they're approaching you? Yeah, absolutely. So for the most part, or pretty much, you know, 100%, it's because the people that they want to reach is our audience. And that's another thing that I really tell people is you have to know who your ideal audience is or your actual audience is and who you're trying to reach. Because once you start working with brands, they're going to ask you that, like, who's your audience? Or if you want to pitch them, you already know why your collaboration will be really beneficial for the both of you. Right. And of course, so for podcasters who are thinking about that, this seems like a really great way to generate revenue for their business. What are some things you suggest that you have in place and or tips to, to get ready to be able to either reach out to companies or have companies reach out to you? Yeah. So make sure that again, you know who your ideal audience is or your actual audience is, what type of services that they would like or require. Make sure that you are prepared with a media kit, you know, your analytics and never be afraid to reach out to anyone, even if you think you're too small or if you're a newbie. I say this all the time. Think about it like you are preparing for an interview. You're going to be going to different ones. And when you finally go towards a brand that's like your number one, you want to make sure that you know what to do. So get as much practice as you can. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. No fish too small, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think that's good. Where do you find these kind of opportunities? Are you just, do you have the brand in mind that you want to work with? Or is it something you're seeing on social media or, you know, it's something that your, say your digital nomads could use like a, a software or something like that for their businesses? Yeah, so it's pretty much all of that. So first, what I do is I look at the services that I need because I am my ideal listener, you know, (laughs) so what is it that I'm already using? What is it that I want? And then I go to those brands. Another uh, way you can do that is look at Uh, people who are in your similar niche who are getting uh, brand sponsorships and maybe reach out to those people too. You know that they're paying them. Hopefully they are paying them. So you know, they're willing to do that. Um, I used to do that a lot more, but now since we've uh, started to go, we have more brands reaching out to us. So that's how another way that we also, um, uh, are getting brand sponsorships as well. You get a little bit and then more people mm-hmm. just start reaching out yeah. to you. 
um, because of that. That's amazing. So now you've surpassed the 100,000 download benchmark. What are some key things you think that help you kind of reach that? I know that's one of the big milestones a lot of podcasters really want to get to. And sometimes it feels like it's pushing uh, the, 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 <laughs> the humongous boulder up the hill to get those downloads. Any tips or suggestions for uh, getting those many, that many downloads? Well, I think it's consistency. We have been doing this podcast for almost three years. September is our three-year anniversary, and I have um, an episode or two up every single week. We've never missed a week that we didn't have an episode. Um, I remember in the beginning when I had issues and I would still publish it, even if it was the end of the day, because I knew that I needed to make it happen. So it's hard, but you can make it work. So first consistency. The second is really getting, um, collaborations with other podcasters like this, getting on other podcasts. You know, that people who are listening to podcasts, um, especially if you get into other shows that are similar niche as yours, that you will most likely get them to listen to yours as well. So that, um, and yeah, and just making sure that you are really sharing it, marketing it really well and uh, doing that again, persistence and consistency is key. And it's hard in the beginning unless you already have a built-in audience. Um, but if you're starting brand new, don't worry about it. We all get in that grind and sometimes it feels like you need to give up, but don't, if you really love it, don't don't do that. It's going to work out. <laughs> That's great advice. And when you're looking for guests, are you looking for guests that have a list already or have an audience already, or you're looking for guests just based on their content? So we really are looking for people who have a unique story. Um, we do get a lot of pitches. We actually, it's interesting before we got on this, um, I got on your podcast, I had to create um, a form for a waiting list because we've been getting so many. Um, and now we have like a six month waiting list for our show. Um, but we are more, I am more interested in people who have a really interesting story than anything else. I've had people who are big names and they didn't really do much for us. Um, because people are tend to be more appreciative of hearing someone's story that is relatable and they feel like it's more um, attainable for them or maybe they feel like they align with your story. Mm. So um, that's really what we're looking for. We just start researching you and make sure that what you do, it really aligns with us because that's what's important to us. Yeah, I bet. That's awesome. Well, Debbie, where can we find out more information? Um, obviously, go check out Debbie's uh, amazing podcast, you guys, uh, The Offbeat Life. And we can find her at theoffbeatlife.com. Anywhere else we should follow you, social media handles. Yeah, absolutely. So if you guys want to listen to my podcast where I interview digital nomads and remote entrepreneurs so they can really inspire you to start living a location-independent lifestyle, you can go to theoffbeatlife.com. We also have a ton of research there. We even have a email blast every single week that gives you new online jobs right on your mailbox every single week. That's been super popular. We've already helped like, a, yeah, a ton of people get online jobs 
job. So that makes me so happy every time I get an email telling me, oh my gosh, I found a job from your job board. So um, yeah, so go there. And if you want to start a podcast, you can go to howtocreatepodcast.com. We also have free resources there. Um, And I have a course called How to Create a Profitable Podcast. It's actually not on our website anymore because we revamped it. It has so much more information. If you're interested in that, you can email us at info at howtocreatepodcast.com. And if you tell me that you heard about it through Michelle, I will give you 25% off. So yeah, check it out. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you, Debbie, for being here with us today. It's been a pleasure to interview you. And guys, if you're interested in living that digital nomad in nomad independent lifestyle, like I do, completely off the grid, it is amazing. You should definitely check out Debbie's podcast. All right. So until next time, guys, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, family, for joining us on this adventure. If you're ready to be heard, head over to mypodcastcoach.com where you'll find out all the tools and tips you'll need to launch your podcast today. If you have a show already and you need some help managing it, please head over to managemypodcast.com and the Amplify You team would be happy to help you manage your podcast. Please also head over to iTunes, like, subscribe, or review our show so we can spread this message. And until next time, be your own unique genius.